Hello business storytellers, Christoph Trapp here, AuthenticStorytelling.net. A beautiful but cold day in Cedar Rapids, heading out to the west coast tonight, um, but spending the morning at home for a layover, so to speak. Um, so today's topic has been on my mind literally for years, uh, and it it actually is why editing for preference is the biggest waste of time in content and content marketing. Now, I first blogged about this topic in 2017, and my notes don't say what month, but at the very least, that is at least two years ago or even more. Could be two and a half years if it was early in the year. Um, then I updated my blog post on AuthenticStorytelling.net in 2018, and now I'm finally recording a podcast version. So, if you are a fan of the Create Once, Publish Everywhere model, here's another example of how to do that. So instead of writing the same article again, I'm just complementing it with a podcast. And of course, as you may have seen, because I'm very, 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 very excited about it, my podcast is actually getting an increasing number of listens. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Storyfy, etc., etc., Google, um, and don't read my blog, this might be new to you. Anyway, so today, everyone creates content, right? It is actually, um, there's probably never been more content created than ever. I mean, I, I'll just say it like that. Uh, companies are blogging, publishing companies are publishing more and more and more. And, and you know, I'll give you an example from B2B print. I mean, I one time had, so, so B2B publishers are publishing more and more, right? Um, daily, or if not daily, every other day on the web. And of course, it used to be that we publish a print magazine once a month, and then when that's done, that's it. And I did have an editor one time tell me that basically people signed up for a monthly, and now they're working for daily. And you know, I do appreciate her comment because that is actually not incorrect. Um, and it's not truly a daily because just because you publish one article a day doesn't mean you are publishing a daily print issue, right? So when I worked at the Muscatine Journal, we published a daily or Monday through Saturday afternoon paper, actually Monday through Friday. And 9-11, just behind us, if you didn't see it over on my Facebook, uh, I did share the 9-11 2001 um, front page and the Muscatine Journal you know when I worked there we were one of the few papers in the United States that covered the attacks on the United States and New York City and the East Coast and uh, in DC um, and the United flight that went down to Pennsylvania live that day on the front page. So it happened around, I think it was like 8 a.m. Central Time, a little before maybe. And, you know, we didn't even go to print until 10 a.m. So I don't want to say plenty of time, but certainly enough time to rip up the paper and get it out there. So something to keep in mind, things change. Of course, today, 
something happens anywhere, it's out there before we know it. The rumors start spreading on social media. Another example why we need good journalists and why journalism matters. And here's the one thing as I'm diving into why editing for preference is the biggest waste of time and content. I want to be very, very clear. I am a journalist at heart, at training, still in journalism. And content marketing and journalism are very, very similar. So a lot of these things that apply to journalism actually apply to business storytellers. And basic journalistic best practices apply. We want accuracy, but we also want click-worthy headlines or click-worthy content. Now, Janelle Penny, editor-in-chief at Buildings, once famously said, you don't want clickbait, you want click-worthiness. And that is very true. So that doesn't mean to be over-sensational or sensational at all. That also doesn't mean you should be inaccurate. You should not. Uh, but you got to write stuff that is click-worthy and the audience decides whether it is or not. And that is actually the, the crux of why editing for preference is a problem because who knows if my preference is also the audience preference. So the way it used to be, you know, I write and my editor would edit and sometimes they edit for best practices and sometimes they edit because it's just terrible grammar and sometimes they edit because it's not focused and all those things still apply. But they also edited for preference and I know this for a fact. I had editors change impact to effect or effect to impact. That's my favorite example because most of the time changing that has no impact on anything at all. So what does a great editor entail? Here are the bullet points. I don't know how many of these are. It's an unordered line in my blog post. So let me make it ordered. Seven things that great editors do. Here we go. Number one, they make the work better. And what that means in 2019 and beyond, 2020, it means that they know what people will read. And within the boundaries of good journalism and good content and good ethics, they will make it better. That might mean they add subheads. That might mean they clarify when something doesn't make sense. They fix mistakes. And then they help the writer improve the work through their editing. Number two, <coughs> excuse me, they find a way to get it published. So this is the thing. Like if you only could pick one thing in content, you will never succeed if you don't publish the end. I mean, seriously, your content that doesn't get published cannot perform. End of story. I mean, it is like common sense, right? That doesn't mean you should publish crap, which as you know, is an acronym. Content really annoying to people but you do have to find a way to publish. And these editors help you find a way to publish. I was on a trip one time, and you know what? Press trips are exhausting. You are busy, busy, busy. You're running from one thing to another thing. You try a video, you try a podcast, you try, you have to write. You know, people stay up all night to write, and I've done that too, and it is just exhausting. And I had an editor on this trip who said, this article needs some work. And I said, thank you for pointing that out. 
please edit. And she wrote back on it. Now, this editor helped get the article in shape and then we published it in a relatively timely manner. And then she sent me the track changes so I could review them and hopefully learn from them. Um, not making any excuses. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. It's my second language. Did you guys know I grew up in Germany? That's kind of a worn excuse. It's not about the excuses. I'm just saying that. But, you know, that's how that editor helped me find a way to get it published. Number three. Teach writers when teaching is actually needed. Some of the best teaching I have received has been face-to-face. I have never ever been taught, I don't think, when people send me a note. I, I, it's very hard. You can't tell tone. You can't, um, you know, you, you, you can't tell intent. You can't ask questions. Well, I mean, you could, but then you just get into this reply all or reply, reply, reply thing where you have color-coded emails and it's super hard to follow. Plus, email is terrible. I am still on track to kill email. <laughs> I love Basecamp, guys. I love Basecamp. Slack, I'm a big fan. Uh, now, in my new role, we use MS Teams, Microsoft Teams. It's just like Slack, honestly. It's great. I love it. Um, so, teaching happens when you do it collaboratively and when there is a relationship and when people also want to learn. So, part of that is on the writers, they need to, they need to be open to listening to feedback. Um, but not everything is a teachable moment. You know, if I made a typo, I don't need to have a 30-minute congressional hearing about um, how not, why not to have typos. Stuff happens. In fact, this article, which was published, so I got the article up in front of me, guys, on, um, you know, on this topic, why editing for preference is the biggest waste of time. And it was first published, as I said, two years ago, and I found a typo. And it, it even had the red squiggly line underneath it. And I was like, well, crap, that's been out there for a while. I have not looked at how this article has performed over the years. Um, could be well-read, could not be. I, I actually don't know. Um, but I, I, if my editor caught that, I don't need a debate over why typos are bad or how I should spell simpler correct. It's not a difficult term. Just fix the word. And that's what I did. So just something to keep in mind. <coughs> Excuse me. Number... Four, explain edits. So what's interesting about this one, that not all edits need to be explained. So that typo, don't explain it, just fix it. But sometimes we need to explain it. So this story was initially written for content marketing and now I'm kind of twisting it for journalism a little bit more. But same concept applies in both um, very related industries. The example I gave is this is not in line with the strategy. So in content marketing, you come up with a strategy and then you come up with personas and then you share what will help you reach those goals. Of course, that should be highly informational, highly educational content, but some content doesn't fit. So this is when you explain why a sentence doesn't work or how you know and you know explain some of those um, edits. 
Number five, break down barriers instead of putting them up. Now, I do not remember what I was thinking when I wrote that, and I did not go any deeper. But I am thinking what that means is that when you have a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy edit process, sometimes also referred to as approval hell, cut that down, talk to each other, and work together and figure out a way to have the right people edit at the right time and then um, move along. Number six, great editors are not rude. I repeat, not. And sometimes, I swear, some of the editors I've grown up with early in my career probably didn't even know that they were rude. But they certainly were not helpful. And they certainly were not teachers. And they certainly were not collaborators. You know, um, this sentence is terrible and needs work. Well, okay, edit it then. Thank you. Um, or why do you say that? Like every once in a while, I see, I've seen articles over the years and I don't actually know what a sentence is supposed to say. It does happen. I've seen it happen from highly experienced writers. And in those cases, I write in there that I'm not following the sentence. But I don't say, this sentence sucks. Why did you ever go into writing? You know, uh, you should have stuck with whatever. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, And sometimes, keep in mind, tone is hard to read in comments. Sometimes it's exactly read the way it's meant. Um, But there definitely used to be that 1988 English teacher mentality that some editors had used. I mean, I remember teachers, um, whether it's English or German, I guess I was just learning English in the 80s, I think. Um, Maybe early 90s, I suppose. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about, right? We don't want that mentality. We want collaboration. This debate like you're right, listen like you're wrong. So let's be collaborative. And the computer just turned off here. Okay, number seven. Never look down on writers, which is measured by how they talk with writers and how writers perceive that communication. That is super similar to number six, and I kind of made the point there already. They work collaboratively. Editing is... Honestly, editing is easier than writing. Um, I never knew that, and don't tell the writers. So if you're a writer, don't listen to that part of the show. Um, But it is actually easier. Now, uh, what's not easier about editing is that you do have to know how to catch things. And sometimes that's actually super hard to do. You know, the other day I read right over a mistake in a story. Totally should have caught it, but I kind of filled in the blanks. So that makes editing hard. But um, I tell you, writing and researching um, is actually something um, that takes a lot of skill and that is very hard. And so is editing. Editing is hard too. But um, work together, be a team, and get to a point where you can publish. Now, I did talk about that um, sometimes we reach for that perfectness. How do we get an article to be perfect? How do I get this podcast to be perfect? I've talked for 16 minutes at this point and now what like should I go back and edit out all the ums and ahs I no. what a waste of time what I'm gonna do in a minute I will um, save this I'm already recording in the anchor app which is my publishing tool for podcast and syndication tool 
and I'll add the description, I'll add the intro, and then I publish, end of story, that's it, it's live, done. You know, I didn't say anything, I, you know, I mean, could I cut out some sentences and some pauses? Sure. But people pause. Who do you think we are? We're not like these fast-talking sportscasters from, you know, who knows when, and maybe they still do that today to an extent, but pauses are fine. Ums and ahs, sometimes, you know, whatever, get over it. You know, a guy was mowing here right as I started. Had he started mowing again while I was recording, I wouldn't stop. I would just say, oh, a guy started mowing. Let's wrap this up and um, go from there. So think about that. If you need way more on this topic, there is still an article on why editing for preference is the biggest waste of time and content on AuthenticStorytelling.net. Today is September 14th. I will post that article back up with today's date so it will actually show up at the top if you go to the homepage authenticstorytelling.net if you don't listen to this on the first couple days if you go to authenticstorytelling.net and search for why editing for preference is um, or you can just search for editing um, let's see well you can figure it out why editing for preference that should help you in the search bar on mobile the search bar is before be, be below all the articles see in a perfect world I cut that out you know what I mean um, on desktop it's on the right there in the right sidebar so stay real guys tell stories that matter work as a team be collaborative and as a final shout out I want to thank all the great and fantastic editors that I've had over my career I would not be where I am today without your help in moving my storytelling forward. Thank you. Stay real, everyone. Tell the stories that matter. Christoph Trapp at C Trapp on twi Twitter, authentic storytelling. And if you want to look me up on LinkedIn, be my guest. Let me know you heard my invitation on the Business Storytelling Podcast. Until next time.